Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode 140 of How Do You Write? I'm Rachel Heron. Thrilled that you're here today. I'm talking to Mindy McGinnis, who is a powerhouse of productivity, and I know that you're going to enjoy talking to her. She really inspired me, so stay tuned for that. Um, Just a little bit of catch-up. I'm sorry that I haven't been around on the podcast. I have been crazy busy with a book release. Um, You've heard me talk a lot about Stolen Things, the thriller. It finally, praise God, came out, and I am writing the fumes of release week. I had an amazing release day. It was really, really kind of the best. Um, I went to the release party, which was at the Bindery in San Francisco. And it's this amazing place that has people like Salman Rushdie speaking and Rachel Heron and Sophie Littlefield. So we were there and uh, the place was standing room only. People were out in the little other room peering in. It was beautiful. It had drinks and a mocktail that one of my members in my Yacht Rock band named appropriately stolen moments because that's kind of a Yacht Rock sounding cocktail, isn't it? It was delicious and fruity. And Sophie and I interviewed each other and um, we had such a good time. I had one of those days where I just felt so lucky to be doing exactly what I'm doing and proud to be able to. The book is getting fabulous reviews. So that's wonderful. I'm hearing from people. I've also heard that it's pissed off a couple people, which means, yes, I'm doing it right. Uh, what I don't ever want is a book of mine to go out and be met with ambivalence. Eh, it was fine. Eh, it was an okay book. You know, people are, uh, most people are loving it. A few people are hating it. So right on. Um, so I'm just grateful for that. That has really been the entire focus of my last couple of weeks. So that was on Tuesday. I'm recording this on Thursday. I'm still kind of exhausted. I'm still having dreams that the release party goes terribly where people basically run me out of town um, because I dare to say that I want to tell them about my book. So obviously I have some stress around that, that I'm actually not feeling in my body, but my brain is presenting that as stress to me. And it, I didn't have that before the book was released. That's all come since the book was released. The night of the party, I almost didn't sleep at all. My brain was just spinning. And when I dropped into sleep, I had those terrible, crazy dreams. Um, I am actually not reading the reviews so much as just casting my eye over them. Um, I only know about the, the people that might hate it because I accidentally looked at Goodreads a couple weeks ago then those are some arc readers. But otherwise with this book, I have decided that I normally read reviews in the first few weeks of a book coming out, like maybe the first month I'll read the reviews. And then I basically never look again. Uh, This book, I'm not even doing that. There is nothing to be gained from it for me. And I have enough books out that it is just not tempting anymore. The people who review it and say it's the best book ever are wrong. The people who review it and say it's the worst book ever are also wrong. The The truth really is there in somewhere in the middle. Hopefully not at three star. Hopefully the truth is more like a 4.2 star. I like a 4.2. 
I like a 4.8, sure. Um, but I do kind of keep my eye on the number of stars that a book is getting, but I am not reading their views. So I'm doing that from the very beginning with this one because there is nothing to be learned from that. And I can only kind of hurt myself by doing it. So, um, that's my goal, but I was happy that earlier I looked, um, two days and I already had 23 re- reviews. So that's great. Uh, especially given that I never actually sent it out to my review team until the day before the book came out because I thought I had, I'd done all this testing because NetGalley wasn't wanting to release it. I had Jay Thorne trying to download it for me. And then when I finally got it fixed, apparently my brain said, whoop, you're done. And thought I'd sent that email out to my ARC team. So I never did. So 23 reviews is awesome, I think. <laughs> um, and what else is going on? I was just adulting pretty hard today, um, cleaning up things that I have been putting off. I did stuff like called my retirement financial investor. Unless you think I'm, I'm rolling in money. I am not. Basically, I can't believe he took my call, you know, but, uh, but I moved some things into some smarter investments and I set up an automatic $500 leaving my account every month to go to ASAP IRA, um, in a target date fund, you know, those kind of things. I recently read, um, the terribly titled, I will, I will teach you how to be rich. I will. I think, I think that's what it's called. It's by um, Ramit Seti. And it's so good. I had never read it. And he just came out with a 10 year um, updated edition in which he includes some, some new stuff, but also he really deals with the emotion of money. So if you have not read that by Ramit, I highly recommend it. Luckily, as I read the book, I was doing things like, yes, check, check, check. I'm doing that. Check, did that check, know that. But there was a bunch of stuff that I learned that I hadn't known before. And he even admits that it's a clickbaity title, but, um, it's so good. It's so full of wisdom. And I am 47 years old with really no retirement set up. So my next goal is to change that. I would, I don't ever want to retire from writing, but you know, say at 60 or 65, I would like to be able to take longer vacations than I do now. And put up my feet. If I don't want, you know, go back, go to writing one book a year, one book every two years. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? So that's my new big goal. So I was doing a lot of adulting today in that. Um, I am just about to pre-interview somebody for an upcoming podcast. And after that, I'm just going to take the rest of the day off and go lie on the couch and, and read a book because I haven't been doing enough of that. I hope that you, as the writer that you are, are taking time to read a book that you love. There is no time to be wasted on reading books that we don't love. I hope that you are taking time to refill the well. Um, In my very best of hopes, I hope that this podcast helps you refill the well. And I hope that you're getting your own writing done. Even just a little bit a day means that someday you're going to have a book release of your own. If you haven't already, you might have had many. There are always more to come. So please keep writing. Uh, tell me all about it. Come over to howdyouwrite.net or rachelhiron.com and let me know how things are going for you. I'm having a pretty great week. I would love to hear about yours. Okay. Uh, I guess I should tell you about stolen things sometime. I'm going to do that next week because you know what? I am over stolen things for this moment. I'm going to tell you all about the book next week. Maybe I'll do a little ad read for it. Maybe I'll do a dramatic ad read for it. Hopefully I'll remember. If I forget, remind me. Okay. Now let's get into the interview with Mindy McGinnis. Please enjoy. 
Okay, well, I could not be more pleased today to welcome Mindy McGinnis to the show. Hello, Mindy. How are you? Hello. Good. (laughs) So nice to have you. Let me give you a little bio. Mindy McGinnis is an Edgar Award-winning novelist who writes across multiple genres, including post-apocalyptic, historical, thriller, contemporary, mystery, and fantasy. While her settings may change, you can always count on Mindy's books to deliver grit, truth, and an unflinching look at the humanity and the world around us. So... You are a little bit like me in that we write a little bit of everything. How does that, what does that look like in your career? Do you um, follow your heart and your desires? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. I do follow my heart and my desires. So whatever occurs to me is what I'm going to write. And I'm fortunate enough that my editor and my publisher flow with that. They followed me through, uh, I started with post-apocalyptic, two post-apocalyptics, then I wrote a uh, mystery, that's the one that won the Edgar Allan Poe Award, it's uh, Madness So Discreet. I wrote a gothic, that was a gothic historical thriller, uh, then uh, two contemporaries, and then I wrote two fantasies, which were actually picked up by another um, publisher, and then a psychological thriller, and um, I have a book coming out this next March, which is uh, more like a modern survival tale. It's about a girl that gets lost in the Smoky Mountains and she has to survive out there on her own for like a month. And uh, then I have another book coming out in 2021, which I just finished. And I don't know how much I'm allowed to say about it, but definitely more in the mystery category. So I am all over the place and I just, that's just how my mind works. I read widely. So my mind operates widely and I will have all these different ideas and I'm just really fortunate. My editor flows with me and my publisher is like, if you know, you can do it, let's do it. But, um, in terms of career, I probably would be better off if I picked one thing and stuck with it. Because especially in some of the genres that I write in, like mystery or fantasy, a lot of the time, those readers that only follow, like, they'll pick an author and they'll be loyal to the end, but they're only going to read their fantasy titles. So my fantasies don't do very well because I'm not known as a fantasy author. So if I were to pick one thing and stick with it, I would probably be more well known. But I don't think I would be happy. So I I just kind of, you know, I, I don't think you can ever question inspiration. So when I get it, I listen. I love that you do that. I have the, I have the same problem. Um, although I have to say I started with romance. And romance readers are so omnivorous that they kind of tend mm-hmm. to follow me wherever I go. But yeah. the other genre readers don't. There's, no, they not, do not. There's not that crossover. So, so in order to find, I mean, you've got, uh, you've got a kid, two kids. You've got, I do. Yeah. yeah. How do you get the writing done? Where, where does that fit into you? What's your Mostly process? Mostly fuzzy a, kid. It's got, you've got a <laughs> kitty there. <laughs> I, I have fuzzy children. Um, well, I'm able to write full time and, um, that's the kind of thing that, is a blessing, of course. Uh, so I am home and I'm able to write full time. I think the biggest thing for me is that I am able to write quickly. So I can write and deliver a pretty clean first draft in about three months. Did you always write quickly or did you build yourself up to that point? Of Definitely craft? was something that is a learned skill. I probably, I would say it used to take me um, six months to a year mm-hmm. 
to, to deliver a draft. And then now, um, it's just like anything else, you know, I've gotten better at it with practice. And so I've done more and more, um, pushing myself to see not necessarily how quickly I can write it, but we all know that writers are good at procrastination. So, um, I often have been putting, um, things, uh, off. Let's just put it that way. So this particular book, I wrote it in three months because I had to. The one that I just finished, it's due September 1st. I started it June 1st. Uh, but I finished it. I finished yeah. it. I finished it yesterday. So, and I got time to polish it before I, before I turned it in. So, you know. Is that the best feeling in the world? Congratulations it on is, finishing it yesterday. Like you know what I mean? So it's like I woke up today and I'm like, oh, I'm done with that book. But I still, I have to edit it. So, you know, it's nowhere near done. So what does your first drafting process look like? Is it a fast dash to the end or are you polishing and revising as you go? I polish and revise as I go, but only in the sense that I read what I wrote the day before. Uh, very rarely am I going back through. Um, I completely pants everything. I usually don't know what's going to happen in my books. Whoa. Uh, so, yeah. So when you're writing a mystery, that's particularly interesting. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, I usually like I don't I don't know what's gonna happen and I just kind of um go with the story and I write linearly. I write in from beginning to end. And that means that sometimes like, you know, I'll get to I do usually have to rework the first five chapters just to get my characters in line at the beginning with who they became. Like as I got to know them more as I was writing, I'm like, I'd be like, Oh, okay. You know, I might go back to the first like 20, 30 pages and be like, yeah, she wouldn't say that. You know, I didn't know her that well when I first started writing the book. So it's like the beginning usually needs a little bit more um, assistance uh, when I'm doing the, the fix, but hi, I know. This is Alicia. That's a beautiful kitty. Hi, Alicia. I love that you're sitting right there within range of her to walk into your lap like that. Oh, yes. She's, she's, she's kind of old. She's like 10, I think. I think you're 10. She's beautiful. Yeah. She's, she's something else is what she is. Um, but yes. So that's kind of how I work. Um, right linearly. Don't know what's going to happen. That way it's interesting for me. And I just deliver it. And um, like I said, usually go back and, and do some smoothing then in the be- in the beginning. It sounds like you're very trusting of your process. Is that accurate? I am. Um, I also, like, I'm constantly terrified that it's not going to work. Because whenever I tell anybody about my process, like other writers, they're just like, you you what? Like, they just think it's insane. Um, they, think, they think that that's just absolutely bizarre. And so I, I'm confident in it because it works. I mean, it works for me. It's how I've always done it. But um, I don't look at it too hard because people are always like, well, have you ever tried to do this? Have you ever done that? Like, what about this? I'm like, dude, I don't touch it. It's like, I just sit down and write a book. And that is like the simplest explanation I have for my process. And it's also like very... Um, makes it difficult for me to actually give much advice when it comes to writing because I'm always like, yeah, I just sit down and write the book. I find it 100% delightful and charming. And I think that that is advice. Just sit down and write the book. (laughs) Stop thinking so hard about it. Yeah. What is your biggest challenge when it comes to writing? Myself, procrastination. I mean, all the way, Uh, especially if it's a book with larger ideas. Uh, I say to myself, you can't write that that's too hard for you. So for example, a madness, so discreet, like I said, that's the one that won the Edgar. 
I put off writing that one forever because it's a gothic historical thriller. So I'm, I was researching, of course, setting time period, uh, but also um, it's set in an insane asylum. Mm. So I had to know so much like just how did insane asylums operate. But then I also was working with the beginnings of criminal profiling, which was uh, around in 1890s. And so I had to learn criminal profiling, but I couldn't learn criminal profiling today. I had to learn criminal profiling from 1890 and still make it effective because some of the stuff that they did was just stupid. And then they had enough right that they probably could catch the guy but it was like i had to have my characters learn about you know like they had to know how to do criminal profiling but i could only give them uh the skills that they would have had in the 1890s and they had to be smart enough to not trust the other tools that they had that they knew wouldn't work so wow yes so just so difficult and because of all those reasons all of those things um, and then I also had to build like my own serial killer and figure out, it's like, okay, so this is who this is. What would their crime scene look like? What would they do? You know, all that stuff. So I researched for 18 months before I wrote a word of the book, 18 months of reading about insane asylums and serial killers and like really, really bum out stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean that one, it was, it was 18 months, 18 months of research. And even then I was like, okay. I still don't know enough to write this book, but it was like, I had to start it. Like I was running out of time. So yeah, I mean, that's my biggest, my biggest, um, definitely like obstacle is myself and thinking that I don't know enough yet to actually deliver it. What is your biggest joy when it comes to writing? Um, when my, cause my, my characters are real, when they're real people, they deliver their own dialogue. You know, mm. I'm not actually writing. They're just, ta- they're talking. I am, I am transcribing. And that is a joy. Hi. That is a joy um, when they're doing the work, you know, that's, that's awesome. Oh, I love it. Can you share a craft tip of any sort for us that works for you? <sighs> um, one of the things that I always tell people is that, uh, you know, people talk about ritual and uh, how you want to have like something that is static. Like some people write in the same place every day. Some people listen to the same song every day. Some people like have the same sense of the light a candle or whatever. I need to have something that is mobile because I travel a lot mm, for mm-hmm. um, teaching and, and uh, doing uh, panels and stuff like that. And usually like I have to be writing while I'm traveling. And so it can't be I write really well in my office or it can't be I have to have you know, this drink or this snack, or like, I have to have this in order for me to write. So I came up with having something that would be mobile. Um, and it is a, I don't think I, I don't think I have a, okay. Um, I have a white noise app on my phone. So it just goes and it just makes a static noise. And it's wonderful because of course it's entirely mobile, but I turn it on when, even when I'm at home, I turn that on when I'm writing. And so my brain is like, oh, I hear the noise. It's time to write. So I've taught my brain this noise means write. And I can use it anywhere because it's completely mobile. And it creates like a bubble around me of sound. So I can write while I am getting the oil changed. I'm in the waiting room. I can write while I'm in the airport. I can write while I'm on an airplane. It's like I can write in the back of a car. It doesn't matter because I've taught my brain this noise means it's time to write. It's, and that's 
what I need. It's so connected. It's so, so, Mm -hmm. so connected for me. Sound and scent are my two biggest ones. And Mm -hmm. yeah. And I love that the sound is completely really strong one. Like just like memory, you know, sense, Mm -hmm. sense, it really works. Like it's very effective, but um, since you can't, take your scent like i mean i guess you right. could you use like a certain perfume constantly but um for me it was like but a sense for me like if i'm in public that's not unless i use a really terrible scent like it's not <laughs> going to create that bubble around me so i i use that white noise and it it creates plenty of um you know like a snow globe effect so it's like i can't hear other things that's a perfect analogy for it i love that you're inside the snow globe writing that's wonderful so what thing in your life affects your writing in a surprising way um let's see that's a good question something in my life that affects my writing in a surprising way um the weather Mm. i think is a good answer for that um because if it's nice i want to be outside i am an outside girl we were just talking when you, when we first called that you almost went outside to watch the clouds. Yeah, okay. absolutely. I almost missed this because I wanted to go outside because I was like, the clouds look really cool right now. I want to be outside. So it's like, that's like a driving thing for me is that I want to be outside. So um, if I have that opportunity, I'll go. So if it's a really nice day, it's hard for me to write because I can't... Um, I don't want to take my laptop outside. Technology and the outdoors, they're not friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, glare on the screen, whatever. Like, that just doesn't work for me. So, um, I, and I'm just too distracted if I'm outdoors. Me too. So, I am just like usually trying to, um, I actually will look at the weather and I'll be like, okay, it's going to rain on Wednesday. So, on Wednesday, I'll probably be able to write like, 2,500 words and it'll make up for the fact that I'm probably not going to write on Tuesday because it's going to be 75 and sunny. Right. So it's like, I will actually look at the weather and kind of try to think about how I'm going to do my writing this week according to the weather. And of course you should never rely on the weather actually being accurate, but you know, that's, that's a weird thing that helps drive my writing. I have never heard that or thought about it. My, my thing related to that is that when it's too hot, I'm just, I'm done. Like when it's because where do you live? Ohio. Okay. Yeah. We, I live in Northern California. We don't have air conditioning, but it'll get to 113. Oh yeah. Degrees. So, oh my yeah, God. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I just you know. have, do you have humidity though? I mean, I know 115 I know. is 115, but like here today no. it's 80, but it's like 90% humidity. It's like Orlando. So, no, no. Terrible. You can't even, <laughs> you can't walk outside. Like right. you walk outside and it's like you're drowning. It's terrible. It's so awful. you have to grab the beautiful days. That's wonderful. Well, what is the best book that you've read recently and why did you love it? I've actually hit kind of a reading slump. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I am listening to the seven and a half deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle. Oh, I've heard good uh, things about that. Yeah, it's good. It is complicated. Um, I am listening to that. I really like it. I think it's very creative, but I'm listening on audio. Um, and it is a huge cast of characters, extremely complicated plot. And so audio might not have been the best way to uh, read that book. For me, I, I would have I, needed to look at it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because I would like, I'll even be like, wait, who? Because they'll say a name. And I'm like, I don't remember who that is because the cast is so big. So, um, you know, I have definitely had, um, hi. I have definitely had times when I'm like, yeah, I'm really not sure what happened in that scene because they were referencing a person that I forget who it is, but it's a really good book. Um, and I just recently, uh, borrowed from my mother, 
Um, Diane Sutterfeld's new book, Once Upon a River. Oh, I haven't heard about that one. She is stunning. She wrote The 13th Tale. And that's one of the best books I've ever read in my life. The ter- so, 13th Tale, as in the vegetable? 13th Tale. Tale. That makes tale. more sense. Maybe more, Not Tale. Much no. more sense. Okay. <laughs> yes, The 13th Tale. That's one of the best books I've ever read in my life. Um, it is stunning. And I believe, I believe she also, let me look. I thought she wrote a second. Bellman and Black is another one that she wrote that's about the wool spinning industry. And, like, that sounds ridiculous, but it's amazing. I'm a wool so, spinner, so I will grab that oh, immediately. Well, okay, because the 13th tale is also really tied up with knitting. I'm a knitter. That's you. Okay. That's okay. Great. Diane Sutterfeld. <laughs> oh, perfect. I'm sorry. It's Sutterfield. Sutterfield. T-T-E-R-F. Oh, my God. Fantastic. You, you'll be very happy. You found a new favorite author. Thank you very much for that. I love that. Now, I would love to for you to tell us about you, your most recent book, where people can find you. And also, I've just found your podcast, which I've really been enjoying, and which oh. I actually have a question for you off air, a technical question. Right. So stay on after I say goodbye. But um, sure. tell, tell us where you can be found and about all that. Okay, great. So um, my most recent book is called Heroin. That is heroin with an E on the end. Uh, it is about the cover, by the way, too. Yes, and I wish I had. I I'm so bad at like actually <laughs> marketing myself. I have all these books that I'm reading right here, none that I've written. Um, yes, heroin has an amazing cover, and um, it, it starts with the you know the word heroin like a female hero, and then uh, there's a poof uh, across of it, and it just starts to break the word down to you know heroin, the drug, to hero, to her. Uh, it's really really a fantastic cover. My cover designer at Harper is amazing. Um, so it is about a female athlete, which I was a, a librarian for 14 years and, um, at high school and we, there aren't enough books about female athletes. They're difficult to find. So I wrote a book about a female athlete who, uh, struck, uh, has an injury, uses Oxycontin to recover in time for her season, ends up, you know, on heroin. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's a really common story. So, I, I wrote that. I've been really happy with it. Uh, that came out in March. And then I have a book coming out next March. It comes out on March 3rd. It is called, what's it called, Mindy? <laughs> it's called, it's called Be Not Far From Me. That's what it's a called. great title too. <laughs> yeah, it is called Be Not Far From Me. And it will be releasing March 3rd. And it is about a girl who gets lost in the Smoky Mountains. Um, I call it Drunk Hatchet with a Girl. I saw that on your website. I was like, oh, God, that sounds terrifying and awesome. Yeah, and you can be yeah. assured I will be buying it. Thank you. I'm excited about it. <laughs> oh, and to find me, uh, MindyMcGinnis.com. Uh, my first name's M-I-N-D-Y, last name M-C-G-I-N-N-I-S. MindyMcGinnis.com. I'm Mindy McGinnis on Twitter. Uh, Mindy McGinnis author on Facebook and Instagram. And how about and that podcast? podcast is called Writer, Writer, Pants on Fire. Which is so such a great title. Thank you. And you can find that at writerwriterpantsonfire.com. Uh, I also have a blog by the same name, and it's got three to four posts a week, interviews with other authors, just talking about the process of publishing, the craft, uh, how they go about their lives and their work. Um, I also do giveaways, and uh, you know, I have my own posts. Like yesterday, I did a post post called authors helping authors and it's just about how it was interesting i had a period of like one week where i interacted with like 12 fellow authors 
uh, where it's just like we all needed like help on something and and like one person knew something that somebody else needed advice about and um, I was either asked or asking and I was interacting with like 12 different people in the course of like maybe four days and it was just so really cool and I was like I gotta write about this like I gotta post about this this is a neat element of my life so because the author community is so supportive and I've how long have you been at this game now uh, my first book was published in 2013. Okay, yeah. So once you've been in it for a while, your community just gets larger, larger and larger, and you have more and more people to ask these questions of. And I find Absolutely. it so, so awesome. Thank yeah. you so much for being on the show. It's been a complete okay. pleasure to talk to you. And hang on the line. I've got that question. But sure, no problem. Happy writing to you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write?, you can reach me on Twitter, Rachel Heron, or at my website, rachelheron.com. You can also support me on Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a buck an essay at patreon.com slash Rachel, spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And do sign up for my free weekly newsletter of encouragement to writers at rachelheron.com slash write. Now go to your desk and create your own process. Get to writing, my friends.